If you are not a Christian, uh, we are praying that uh, God's vision for your life, you would find it so beautiful that you would run to God in faith. And for those who are Christians, uh, the fact is we are constantly encountering false ideas and they seep into us and we need our minds renewed uh, over and over by um, engaging with the scriptures. So we're praying that this series will just remind us who we really are uh, as God create those created in God's image. Well, 50 years ago, the statement, God made my sex and it is good, would have hardly raised an eyebrow in America. But today that is a provocative, controversial claim. Uh, In fact, this whole idea of gender identity is uh, very much in front of us. It is very much a hot topic today. And we feel the need to um, examine what the Bible says on this issue. Uh, None of us are unaware of it. There's the TV show Transparent, which is supposedly chronicling the transformation of a father uh, into a woman. There's Bruce Jenner, the Olympic gold medalist, decathlete, who uh, this last year declared himself Caitlyn Jenner, a woman. And then, of course, the uh, controversial bathroom laws. Should we be limited to go into the bathroom that corresponds with our biological sex, or should we be able to go into the bathroom uh, that corresponds to our own perception of our gender. It was in the 1950s that uh, psychologist John Money introduced the idea of gender identity as something that might be different from your biological sex. And so the idea is that there are uh, people who are born male who think of themselves as female, or male and female, or neither male or female, Facebook now has over 50 gender identities plus a fill-in-the-blank. And the idea is, you know, how people think of themselves might not be at all what their body uh, reflects. And so John uh, Money, he was simply helping us think about something that I'm sure has been going on since probably the beginning of time, right? Uh, Some people not... Uh, identifying themselves with their, uh, the gender of their body. So that's nothing new. But what is new is society's prescription for health and happiness. Not so long ago, uh, if somebody thought of herself different from her body, uh, society would say, hey, that's, that's a delusion. Your, your thinking doesn't match reality, and therefore, you, you, you're going to, to be healthy, you need to get your mind uh, to match the reality of your body. But that is long past. Uh, the, the dominant culture's prescription for health and happiness as it relates to uh, sexuality is uh, what's, what goes on in your mind is most important. And you, we all have a, the freedom to decide for ourselves what what is our gender identity, and then if you want to be healthy and happy, you've got to live out of that. You want to line your life up to match what's in your head, even sometimes going so far as to alter your body 
to, to match your mind. Uh, and so quite a few people um, take hormone treatments. Uh, the American Society of Plastic Surgeons says that in 2016, there were 3,256 gender-confirming surgeries. That's the new word, gender-confirming surgeries. In other words, I'm going to alter my body surgically to confirm what's in my mind. Now, uh, if you're interested, well over 90% of those had to do with either the removal of breasts or the addition of breasts. Under 1% had anything to do with the genitalia, and the other, and about 7% had to do with the face. But society applauds this. And society says, listen, you know, what, how you gender identify in your mind is the most important thing about you, and you've got you to do whatever you need to do so that you can live in harmony with, uh, with your gender identity, including, if necessary, altering your body. And you certainly need to ask those who love you to support you in this pursuit, and you need to demand that society supports it or certainly doesn't get in the way, right? So that is the dominant culture's prescription for kind of uh, sexual happiness and health. It's not the Bible's prescription. It's not the Bible's prescription. Uh, See, the Bible says, listen, in order to be healthy and happy, you must live in harmony with reality. And reality... Uh, is kind of given to us. We can't just decide what reality is for, certainly in this whole issue of our sexuality. And so if you want to be healthy and happy, uh, if your mind is telling you something that your body is not, you need to, you know, you, and if you want to be healthy and happy, you need to line your mind up with your body. You need to live in light of, of reality. In fact, at the root of every single sin, there is a delusion You know, think back of the very first sin. Adam and Eve only ate from the forbidden fruit after they bought into the lie that God was holding out on them. Once they accepted the uh, delusional reality that Satan fed them and acted upon it, only then did they sin. And at the root of every sin is some delusion. And it's it's no different here. So let's um, just pause or back up a moment and let's... uh, just take, let's look at what the Bible teaches about uh, sexual identity. And we're, it's introduced the very first page of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1. Uh, it, right here at the very beginning, God gives us a lot of the foundational uh, principles and understanding of who we are. Genesis chapter uh, 1, verse 27, this is part of our memory verse for this month. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God made humans male or female. There are only two sexes. God divided all humans into male and female. And when you come out of the womb, your your sex has been determined for you by God. God gives us a tremendous amount of freedom over our lives. We have massive control over our lives. But there are some things that God reserves for himself. And our sexuality, our sex, is one of those things. God chooses out of his love for us and his wisdom and his knowledge of us, he chooses for us uh, the sex that is, is right for us. 
And nowhere in the Bible are we encouraged to second-guess God. In fact, in Romans, we're told very specifically, uh, the, the clay should not tell the potter, hey, you made a mistake here, right? No, God knows what he's doing. And, and so if uh, we, we look at our bodies and, and we see God's choice for us and, and to be healthy and, and happy, then we need to um, seek to live in harmony with God's choice for our lives. We need to seek to line up our um, desires and our, our behavior uh, to correspond and celebrate God's choice for us. And then here we see also that both male and female... Uh, are reflections of the image of God. In other words, to be a woman is glorious. To be a man is glorious. And to honor God and the way he's created us means that we need to embrace uh, our sexuality. We need to celebrate it and live it to the full. Sabrina, my wife, told me something this week that really grieved me. She said, you know, growing up when I encountered chauvinism, and I often did from Christian men, it always uh, created a question in my heart. Would I have been better off born a man? And that's sad. Uh, God forgive us, and God forgive me for the times that I'm sure that I have uh, done something to undermine the confidence and contentedness of a woman in the, in the glorious uh, ge- uh, sex with which God made her. And so this is why, um, you know, Christians uh, resist society's uh, idea that we choose for ourselves uh, our own gender identity, and then we can just go live into that, and that's going to be a good thing that needs to be celebrated and applauded. And, And we say, no, we don't think that that's the most loving thing to do. We don't love people well when we support the delusions. We love people by... Uh, calling them to live in light of reality and helping them to do that. <clears throat> in Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 5, and here uh, this is an, a part of the law code that God gave his people Israel, we read this. Genesis, uh, Deuteronomy 22, 5, A woman shall not wear a man's garment, nor shall a man put on a woman's cloak. For whoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord your God. Now, what is appropriate uh, female attire? What's appropriate male attire? That's obviously culturally uh, determined and specific. The point is uh, no cross-dressing. The point is if you're a man, don't try to uh, intentionally be a woman. Be content in the way that God has made you and live in harmony with that. If you're a woman, uh, don't, don't try to be a man. Live in harmony with the way God has made you. And, and elsewhere in Scripture, it, it talks uh, not only about our behaviors, but our, um, our desires. And the Bible says uh, if you're a man and you want uh, to have sex, then you find a woman to marry and you have sex only with your wife in the context of marriage. If you're a, uh, a woman and you want to have sex, then you find a man to marry and you have sex with your husband in the context of marriage only. It's just it's that Uh, simple or straightforward. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 33, we read this, for God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. 
I cannot think of many things more confusing than to feel like you're a woman in a man's body or a man in a woman's body. I mean, that's confusion at the very core. Or to uh, have uh, be sexually attracted to people of the same uh, gender. That, that is uh, very confusing at a very deep level. And we don't know for sure where, you know, it's hard to pinpoint where that confusion comes from. It might even come, uh, we might even be born with predispositions that way. Uh, we believe that sin has introduced brokenness into our natural world, and that brokenness can be all the way down at the DNA and molecular level, right? But what we do know is that uh, confusion between the way I think of myself and the way that God has made me is not part of God's plan. God is not a God of confusion. God is a God of peace. And so in this context, peace means I think of myself uh, in the same way that God designed me, and I'm happy with it, and I live out in harmony with it. In an audience this size, and then including the people listening online, undoubtedly there are people here who uh, struggle with their gender identity, struggle with their sexuality. And here's what I want you to to know. Uh, If you want peace, God will help you find the peace. It's not going to be easy. It won't be instantaneous, uh, most certainly, but God will be with you in that. He wants you to find peace. Let me tell you uh, Linda Styler's story. You can find her story online. She goes around and uh, tells her story a lot. So Linda says, I cannot remember a time when I did not want to be a boy. I mean, my earliest uh, memories are me desperately wanting to be David. That was the name she had given, given herself. Um, but she was born uh, female, and, that, and it bothered her. She resented that. She said, when I was in fourth grade, I heard about uh, gender reconstructive surgery, it was called at the time, and she said, when I get old enough and I have enough money, I'm doing that. That is for me. I can't wait for that to happen. She said, she didn't tell anybody, but, but she said that um, she just absolutely despised her female body. She wanted to be a boy. Uh, in her elementary years, uh, some playmates introduced her to pornography, and unbeknownst to her parents, behind closed doors, she would entertain Uh, sexual fantasies, always with herself uh, in in the male role. Kept this to herself. It was all private. Uh, Her junior year in high school, she committed her life to Christ, but she still wanted to be a boy. That didn't change. But now she's hanging out with people uh, who talk about, you know, the importance of living out, living in harmony with the way God has uh, made you. And so now she's conflicted inside, but she's, she's private about this and doesn't know what to do. When she was 21 years old, a senior in college, she heard a sermon preached on James chapter 5, verse 16, about the importance of confess your sins one to another so that you may be healed. And she felt like God was challenging her to bring her sexual identity struggles out into the open and seek help. Took her another three days to get up the courage, but she went to her college pastor and shared her struggle. 
And she said, I, I expected him to kind of recoil and reject me, uh, but instead he just thanked me for sharing and said, we love you, and if there's any way we can help you, we will. And that began, Linda says, that began an 11-year journey toward sexual identity health. 11 years, I want you to think about that. She, she come, has this conversation at 21, takes her another half her lifetime again, uh, to fe- really feel like uh, her mind becomes in harmony with her body. And she's, but she said uh, that, yeah, it was an 11-year journey, but God was with her through it, and sometimes there were uh, steps backward even, uh, but ultimately the Lord reconciled her. Uh, she was able to, with God's help, reconcile her mind to her body, even to the point of, she said, even my sexual desires changed and I began to desire men. I want to read you the uh, kind of the ending of her story. Linda concludes, the 11-year journey towards transformation was totally worth it. The length of the journey itself has given me empathy for those who are currently struggling to break free from similar issues and sometimes feel hopeless. Healing from sexual brokenness is rarely instantaneous. It's more like peeling back layers of an onion one at a time. But if we will hold, you know, it requires almost, you know, reprogramming your thinking. But if we will hold fast to the truth of God's word and determine never to give up, we will experience transformation to the point that the sin which once characterized our lives ceases to dominate us. God promised, such were some of you. And there she's quoting from 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and I want to go there. This is an important scripture uh, for this topic. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 to 11. The Apostle Paul writes to the Christians in Corinth, Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And some and such were some of you. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. So here's the apostle saying, look, the early church, your church, Corinth, is filled with people who once were, and then he lists all kinds of things, including uh, homosexuality, which is a form of uh, gender confusion. You were that, but you've been transformed. You have been washed. You've been sanctified. You have been justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so Linda took great comfort in this scripture. God has been bringing people from you know, thousands, for thousands of years, he's been bringing people uh, who are uh, experiencing gender confusion, and, he's, and he brings them into health. And God can do that for all of us. The other thing I want to point out here is that uh, uh, homosexuality, uh, this, this whole idea of sexual confusion, is listed right alongside drunkenness, reviling, adultery with, you know, heterosexual immorality, um, idolatry, greediness. 
So don't, don't think to yourself, this is a, you know, a unique type of brokenness that God can't handle. This is too big for God. I know, I know that Christianity can, can, can help me becoming a more moral person, but it can, you know, God can't reform my core identity. Yes, He can. Don't swallow that lie. This is just one more brokenness that's in our world that God can and wants to heal. So what if you are struggling with your sexual identity? Just three quick points. Number one, trust that God made you the right sex. You gotta, it starts there. Do you believe that God made a mistake with you? Or did the God who knows you and loves you and is all wise and all powerful, did he give you the right sex, the best sex for you? If you believe that, only if you believe that will you want to learn to live in harmony uh, with your biological sex. Number two, confess your struggle to a trusted friend. I haven't heard any story, read any story or heard any story where somebody has been um, kind of set free from this brokenness, healed from this, uh, apart from uh, making it, uh, confessing it, you know, bringing it to light to a trusted friend and getting help. And then third, believe that God will help you change. You've got to maintain your hope in God's willingness and His power. Uh, and it's not going to, it most likely will not be instantaneous. Uh, and it's mo- like, most likely not going to be uh, easy. It's probably going to be an arduous struggle with some setbacks. But keep at it and, and keep trusting the Word of God and, and don't give up, like Linda said. And in the end, it will no longer characterize you. Final uh, question and before I conclude. Uh, so what if somebody we love comes and says, you know what, I identify with a gender uh, other than my biological sex. What do we do? And they might even say, you know, and I wish that you would support me in this. I want you to refer to me as by a different name. I want you to use a, a, a gendered pronoun that doesn't match my body when you talk to me and about me. So Focus on the Family uh, gives a good resource here. I just want to give you their tips. Number one, seek to maintain your relationship and influence. Resist making gender identity the focus of your relationship while still viewing your loved one as God created him or her to be. So don't, you don't need to enter into their delusion, right? But you also don't need to make this the center of your relationship. If you've already reacted badly, confess and ask forgiveness and work to make amends. Demonstrate love with your words and actions. Listen and ask questions. Work to understand the person. Here's an important one. Let go of trying to fix or control someone else's life. This is, this is between them and God. This is their, their choice. And share what God has done and is doing in your life. So number one, seek to maintain your relationship and influence. Secondly, pray. Pray that God will pursue and save your loved one from the pain and deception that he or she is experiencing. And pray that your own heart would be loving towards your friend and that God would work in your own life. And then thirdly, retain hope that your loved one can change. When we lose hope, uh, we become rigid in the way we interact with people. We have to always remember uh, the person I'm talking to right now might not be the same person five years and ten years from now. Ten years from now, they might not be arguing with me. They might be shoulder to shoulder with me proclaiming the truth. 
We don't know what God's going to do in someone's life. There's always uh, the hope of change while we have breath in our lungs. So I want to conclude. Now is the time for some introspection. I'm going to ask five questions. Uh, Some of these might be more uh, relevant to you than others. Uh, And so this is just answer these questions uh, in your own heart before the Lord. Do I believe God made me the right sex? Answer that for yourself. Do I believe God made me the right sex? Secondly, how well am I living in harmony with my sex? Number three, if I am struggling with sexual identity issues, would would I benefit from confessing my struggles to a trusted friend? Four, do I believe God will help me live in harmony with my sex? Do I believe that? And will I ask God for help? And then finally, how well do I help other people see the beauty of their sex?